I often start with strange starting points for sermons, and um, it kind of follows on from that hymn, really, about kind of giving everything to God. The first reading that I'm going to ask Jenny to read in a moment. This reading, I suppose, really, when I read it, I think, how weird, because it's all about animal sacrifice, and in this this reading is about actually sacrificing um, Abraham's son, which is really kind of very odd for our ears. But basically, when I look at this reading that Jen is going to read, I ask the question, how much would I give? You know, how much would we give? And God, in this reading, tested Abraham. How much would he give? And we have to bear in mind it's in the context of sacrifice that actually was going on in the environment at that time. But Abraham clearly trusting in God that the outcome would be good, was prepared to do what God asked of him, and this is what happened as he came and offered his son to God. Thank you, Jenny. Um, Genesis 22, verse 13 to 14. Abraham looked up, and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns, He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place Jehovah-Jireh, the Lord will provide. And to to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, the Lord will be provided. I kind of missed that beginning bit of that reading, didn't I? Yep. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. What happened in the lead-up to that reading, Jenny, was that God had actually asked Abraham to give his son um, as a sacrifice. But then, as he arrived there, God then provided a lamb, a ram, and that ram came, and then he sacrificed that ram instead. And what, you know that song that we had when the children were in, that actually was Jehovah Jireh, and it means God will, God is provider, or God will provide. And what it was, was that that God pushed him to the point of saying, what actually would you give for me? And clearly we know that that God even gave his own son for us. And, And that reading, it talks about, I suppose, the theme of giving, ultimately, the ultimate cost. And It also talks about our attitude of heart, doesn't it, really? And the next reading that I'm going to ask you to to read is about kind of the attitude that we give stuff in. It's not kind of how amazing like that would have been, just giving too much, in a sense, to God, giving his son for God, but thankfully God didn't need him to do that. But in this next reading, it talks about somebody who doesn't give a lot, but actually it's a lot for them, isn't it? So do you want to read this next reading from Mark's Gospel? This is Mark 12, verse 41 to 44. The widow's offering. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd put their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into this treasury than all the others. They all give out they all gave out of their wealth. But she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Thank you very much, Jenny. Thank you. It's often called the widow's might, isn't it? That kind of passage talking about the fact that even though she gave very, very little, it was actually really cost her a lot. And I don't want to kind of pick on people, but I'm going to just because it was in the news yesterday. And I don't want to say anything negative about David Beckham because I think he's you know, a really brilliant role model in many, many ways. But do you know he's giving all of his money, isn't he, of his wages when he goes to Paris Saint-Germain? I think that's absolutely fantastic. You know, but... Also, I read in the news yesterday that he's stopping in a hotel that costs £14,000 a night. 
You could buy a terrace property in Manchester for that, couldn't you, really? £14,000. And it's got three bedrooms. I mean, surely they needed more. And five bathrooms for him. But just you kind of, that kind of wealth, you, you think, don't you? It's brilliant that he's giving his money to children's charities. And I, I, you know, I think that's fantastic that he's doing that. But in a sense, it kind of doesn't really cost him too much. He didn't have to kind of do without too much because obviously clearly he can still afford to um, treat himself once in a while. But if you think this morning there are people who've put money in the offering that cost them more than that I'm not going to pick on anybody here I didn't look and go around a minute we had subtle lighting didn't we during the offering this morning don't know whether that's significant but basically there will be people who give until it hurts sometimes do it actually affects their pocket and like it says it's actually the people in that story were giving loads but it actually didn't cost them as much as although it did cost them something as much as it cost that widow who gave of the little that she had so god's actually not interested necessarily in how much we give he's interested in the way that we give it our attitude of heart and, and how much it actually costs us That kind of attitude of heart is something that's in the next passage. I'll ask Steve to read in a moment from Corinthians. It talks about generosity. And in this passage, it talks about the fact that the Corinthians are a bit of a tight-fisted bunch. Okay, that if you read the letters to them, I mean, basically they make lots of mistakes. They're, you know, they've not really got a good track record. They they form factions. They take one another to court. They parade their spiritual gifts, and also they promise money that they don't really want to come up with. Um, other churches in the area, Thessalonica and Philippi, are very generous, and, and he kind of compares and contrasts them, really, in the letters. But in this reading, it talks about how the Corinthians are slow to show their consideration to the poor and, and the weaker members, and, and how they, they lack generosity and love in, in building up the church and building up God's kingdom. So let's have the longest reading. Thank you, Steve. This reading is from 2 Corinthians, chapter 9, verses 5 to 15. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you in advance and finish the arrangements for the generous gift you had promised. Then it will be ready as a generous gift, not one grudgingly given. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them 
and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you in their hearts will go out to you. Because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. In that passage, he's kind of hoping that they'll do what they promise. He's hoping that they will give the gift that they promise. But clearly it's like trying to extract blood from a stone with the Corinthians. And that was the reputation that that church had, that they had kind of a few issues, didn't they? So when we're thinking about giving in our church, what is the DNA? What is the kind of profile of our church? Are we kind of, it says in that passage, each man should give what he's decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. What we don't want is people giving stuff that they kind of really begrudge. <laughs> we would really rather that actually the giving is something that you and God decide is actually the right thing to give. And as you give, give that generously. The final reading, I really like this reading. This final reading talks about um, love in which things are given and the fact that when you give, in many ways you actually receive back. So let's hear from Luke this final couple of verses. Thank you. This reading's from Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I like that idea of kind of like rebounding giving. I'm not saying you'll give and you'll get ten times, because you get that, don't you, with some of these things on telly. They say, you give this and you'll get tenfold back again. Not making any promises, okay? What I'm thinking is, what I like is the fact that they were saying that if you are generous, you know, that blessing will come back to you. Just read that verse, those couple of verses again. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Just like that idea of the overspilling and outpouring generosity being something that actually pours back to you in many ways. So I'd like our heart not to be like the Corinthian church where we kind of give kind of, because we have to and we're not really pleased about it. But we give whatever we give, whatever God knows we can afford to give, whatever he and you choose to, um, to give but give that with the cheerful heart that actually we want to give in response to God's love. So it's those readings which, I wasn't much more than five minutes, was I? Those readings which give us a bit of biblical background to help us just to inform us as we listen in a moment after a time of worship to what Colin has to say about giving in church. He's smiling still. Yes, that's good. <laughs> right. So I'd like to invite Adam and the band to come up and lead us. As we think about, the first one talks about God in my living and talks about how we can express that, our love of God and how God can actually impact our day-to-day life. And one of those aspects is the way that we give to him.